Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Quantum Leap. We're the podcast that explores how we achieve new heights in leadership business in our lives. I'm David Wolf. As always, with me, the Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. Terry, welcome back to the program. Thank you, David. Looking forward to today. Well, all these sessions have been so rich. Uh, this week, I know you've got a story to tell us. Many of our listeners, <laughs> uh, as they're learning about Quantum Leap, uh, have had blocks or uh, occasions where they just couldn't break through. And uh, and I know you've got a story that uh, about your own experience with this in your own career, which I know is very highly relatable to anyone listening. So, uh, I know nothing about the story except that I know you've got one, and I know that it can be really uh, enlightening to all of us, uh, uh, and also about the work you do, so you can contextualize it uh, around quantum leap work. Great. Thank you very much, David. You're welcome. This, this, this incident, or this period, actually, was vitally important in my career because I was living in the Netherlands with my family, and one of my objectives was to set up uh, the Dell Carnegie operation in, in the Netherlands. It was running. And of course, being a South African and English speaking, I often felt um, at a bit of a disadvantage because I knew that a lot of Dutch people would say to me, uh, you know, why are you not running these programs in Dutch? Why are you running them only in English? And I said, well, that's uh, where I am at the moment. Um, I, and my, my next job, of course, would be to train instructors. Uh, in uh, Dutch instructors so that they could run the courses, which I ultimately was able to do. Mm-hmm. But this was, this was something that happened in a session one night when I was coaching and training some new prospective instructors. And uh, I, I somehow other mentioned that I, I wish that, uh, you know, that we were, were running these programs in Dutch. And one of the people in the group was a fellow, uh, an engineer by the name of Albert de Creij, K-R-E-I-J, that's how he pronounced it. And he was a very elegant young man and very thoughtful and quiet. And he said to me, Terry, I wonder why you worry about that. He said, you cannot imagine what an advantage it is for us to be running a program like this in English rather than in Dutch. So I must admit I was a bit taken aback by what he said because I I never saw it in that perspective. So I said, well, why do you say that, Albert? And he said, well, let me give you a a number of reasons. He said, when we come onto the program, and it's a very interactive program, so there's lots of participation by the people in the group. He said, you're running it in English, and we're all speaking English, and it feels as though we're wearing Mickey Mouse masks. I said, really? Why is that? He said, when we're speaking in English, it's not our home language. It gives us a tremendous release from from the inhibitions and the the lack of confidence we have in our normal environment. Uh, 
And it gives us an opportunity to practice almost in a different environment as though we were wearing a mask. Hmm. And he said, he went on to say, and so what that does for us, it means that whatever things we talk about in the group are much more spontaneous that it, than if it was in our own in our own language. So, well, goodness, I never ever thought that that was a possibility. He said, not only that, he said, when you don't have a grasp of the language as 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 though it was your home language, he said. It, it means that we just go with whatever we've got at that moment. So there's no massaging what we're saying. There's no uh, planning ahead or thinking about what it is that we, we want to, to – what words we want to use. It comes out exactly the way that we're thinking about it at that moment. He said not only that. He said there are other things involved there too. He said, for instance, you're running this program in, in, in English. We're a small country. And one of the things, one of the advantages that we have to have in order to do business is to be able to speak other languages. And he said most Dutch people speak English pretty well. You can, you'll never be short in, in the Netherlands uh, meeting people that don't speak English. Right. And he said, he said, and we pride ourselves on our, in our, in, in, on our ability to be able to do that. And, of course, they speak other languages like German as well. It's, a little bit of French, sometimes a bit of Spanish too. And they, they virtually don't let visitors or people that are not uh, Dutch speaking speak their own language uh, with them, uh, speak English with them. They, they want to have an opportunity of speaking English themselves. And so he said, we're on this program. You don't even charge us for this. And if you know, <laughs> Dutch people are very, very thrifty. <laughs> and if they get a program that they don't have to pay for, they find that a great advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> and we do. He says, but there are some other areas as well that are important. He said, thirdly, we come from different areas. There are 12 provinces in the Netherlands, and we all have different uh, sort of different dialects that we speak. And uh, we, to some extent, although there's very, very little class distinction, like in England, um, culturally with us, we do tend to judge each other based on what accent we've got. So you'll find that people from Rotterdam, for instance, look down on the people from Amsterdam and the other way around. And people from the south generally and the, and the north on the other side also feel a little bit superior at times. But when we're all speaking English, that disappears completely. Oh, wow. So, so whatever inhibitions we've got about other people, we automatically accept them in, in, in this language because we're wearing our masks and we don't have to worry about that. And he said, fourthly, we're all, we're all sort of in managerial positions, not all of us. Some of them are higher managerial positions than others. And so the managerial hierarchy also is completely evened out. We are on an open level playing field. So once again, we don't have the inhibitions or the or the lack of confidence if we're all speaking English because the distinctions that we would normally make don't exist in, in, in speaking in English. Yeah. Well, I was just absolutely astounded by this. So he said, what should I say? He said, you should tell people the story. You should let them know what an advantage it is and how valuable it is because every now and again I would have somebody standing up in front of a group and say if I could only say this in Dutch it would be a lot more succinct and a lot clearer hmm. 
And he said, that's nonsense. He said, that's absolute nonsense. If we speak it out in English, we'll get the message across very, very clearly without having to say it in our own language. Don't let people use that as an alibi or an excuse for non-performance. Well, that really shook me. And from that moment on, it gave me an opportunity of explaining to every group that I worked with, even that even although they are not in their normal comfort zone speaking their own language, the advantages far outweigh the disadvantages. Mm. And so when I talk about quantum leap thinking, for me, that opened up a whole new dimension, a whole new paradigm for me. Because instead of going into into workshops um, or group dynamic situations with a with a sense of maybe this was a disadvantage for people, I actually then started to think about the same situation, but in terms of an advantage that I was offering my clients. And with that attitude towards them, that opened up a whole lot of new possibilities in in me, in, in people sort of freeing themselves from the normal limitations that we have. Later on in my experience, I worked with the European Space Agency. And in one of the groups that I worked in, I had a group of about uh, 32 people in that particular project that uh, we were, they were working on. Mm-hmm. 24 of them I was coaching individually and in groups, sometimes the full group of 32. And um, there were, I mean, the, the lingua franca, as they call it, was English, even although there were 14 different nationalities represented in the group. Yeah. And so they were all speaking English, and I had the same kind of experience with them as well. Now, here's the funny thing about it. The people that actually had the most difficulty or that I had the most difficulty in working with were those that were English speaking as a home language. Other people were much more open to new ideas, whereas the English, the English people, in other words, the people from Great Britain who spoke English at home, yeah. actually thought that they were slightly superior because everybody was speaking their language, not realizing that the spontaneity from the other group far outweighed their ability, the ability for, for people to be able to speak their home, their home language. It far outweighed that, and they never quite got that. Now, what absolutely amazed me was that an engineer particularly who I knew was a highly intelligent intellectual young man and very, very practical, running a good business, uh, should come up with these insights. I mean, it was for me, that was – and I use big words now to describe it. That was an astounding aha insight for me to understand that what I was doing was extremely valuable when I thought that there was something – maybe uh, may, that might have been a disadvantage for me and for them. Sure. So when we talk about quantum leap thinking, it's being able to shed those those uh, dis- disabling thoughts that come up in our minds. And I was thinking about it particularly today because a, a few days ago, one of my clients said, Terry, I want to tell you something that I've never told anybody before and I've never been able to discuss it. He said every day at various times, sometimes early in the morning, sometimes late at night, sometimes even just getting into my shower and showering, I have a wave of painful thoughts from the past that cascade over me. 
and seemed to absolutely weaken me and diminish me and diminish my confidence. And he said, I, I, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with me, but I know these are disabling thoughts that, 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 uh, that sort of tie me up, like hog tie me, and I should be focusing on what I have to do in the future rather than, than thinking about the past. Sure. He said, is that an abnormal feeling that I have? And I said, heck no. I said, you know, I have exactly the same things. I've had to learn and work through the process of being able to get rid of those thoughts in order to be a quantum leap thinker. And so it's a continuing challenge for me to be able to do that. But I go through the same experience. So he said, well, what do you have to do in order to get rid of these thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, they, they happen regularly at different times. All of a sudden, something reminds me of another experience that I had that didn't work out as well as I would have liked to. And all of a sudden, I find myself dwelling on a past experience that certainly is not encouraging for me and doesn't engender uh, energy for me. And in fact, I suddenly become, I I get into myself rather than thinking about what's going on around me and how I can move forward. Yeah. So when you say, yeah, yeah, I assume that what that means is that you experience the same things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is fascinating. I mean, there's so much, uh, so much there about that because the thoughts create the emotions and the belief systems that lead us to the actions that we want to really desire right so so absolutely i have a great understanding for that those of us who are creative you know i have a friend who's a a novelist now and he's been a madison avenue very very successful creative guy and he we were walking along once terry and he said you know those of us who are creative thinkers have this wonderful gift uh, to, to be able to create stories that don't always serve us and i think that's really a lot about what you're talking about there we we, we forget that our minds can just create these narratives, these fictional narratives, or, or, or they're triggered by actual events, but, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're embellished. And uh, I like the way you said that he was, uh, every morning, these thoughts wash across him. Uh, th- that image was, uh, it's very true. How do you suggest we, we work around this? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> you were setting me up, you clever guy. You. That's why no, they call no, him the cool. Q-cat. The QL cat. All right. Uh, there are a couple of things that I suggested to him. One of them is, I mean, I mean, these, these might seem a bit strange. I mean, now we're really getting into kind of deeper stuff for right. the moment. Right. But one of the things that I had to learn was to learn to live in the moment. I mean, that's, there's nothing profound about that. It comes from many philosophies over the years. Right. And to suddenly pull myself into this moment. What am I doing at this moment in order to make this worthwhile? Whether it's good or bad, how do I focus specifically on now? In neurolingual programming, NLP, um, that's one of the things that uh, people are trained to do. But they're also trained to do that in uh, transcendental meditation or just meditation in general. Mm -hmm. Learning to block out the myriad of thoughts that run through our minds, good or bad, in fact, at times, when it just doesn't serve our purpose to be sidetracked into thinking about other things. In other words, not necessarily a creative pursuit. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to say, well, I've got to be fully attentive to this moment. And um, in fact, even sometimes when I leave home, 
my wife will say to me, are you in the present at the moment, knowing that I'm going to be driving? And if I'm thinking about other things, um, you know, who knows what might happen in the car That's <laughs> as right. I'm driving along. That's right. So it's, 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 it's a matter of mastery of, of, our, of our thinking and to be able to block out some of those thoughts by maybe diverting them into what's going on now. So that's one of the things that I have to do. I think that's a subject all on its own, in fact. So, I, I mean, that's one of the ideas behind it. The other one, too, is that when, when you know, I do a lot of – I've done a lot of public speaking in my life. I've worked with groups, group dynamic workshops constantly. And I always have the feeling that there are lots of people in the group that are very much on my side, that are encouraging and are tuned into what I'm doing. But invariably in any group, there's at least one person that I feel is uh, maybe – Passively aggressive or mm -hmm. passively antagonistic to anything that I might be doing. Mm -hmm. And being as sensitive as I am to, to these kinds of nuances in people's attitudes, I pick up on those things. And sometimes that can also diminish my level of uh, confidence or my level of, uh, um, of free thinking and my level of being focused on the entire group. I think there's a, there's a word that sometimes use it that, that we use it's called bentimism. Uh, don't ask me how to spell it, but it's it's almost phonetic. Bentimism, it's, it's with a th. Bentimism, mm -hmm. and basically it means doing the most good for the doing the most that we can for the largest group. In other words, not focusing on any one individual in a group, but doing the best for the whole group. And so I've always worked on that principle. And, and had to work on making sure that I wasn't being sidetracked by antagonistic or, or um, I don't know what one would call it, but people that were not fully into the into what I was doing. Yes, Terry, I can imagine that as a speaker or a consultant of a group, you're you're going to be sensitive to the guy with their or the person with their arms folded, because they become almost like the focus. If you're if you're not careful, they could become uh, you know, you, they you, become, you, you know, you be, you become they can hijack you. Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then become a distraction that doesn't yes. serve the whole group. That's so brilliant. Right. Yeah, right. And it takes the group in a completely different direction, um, which sometimes uh, might be useful. I mean, it's you know, it's good feedback. I'm not suggesting right. that 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 it shouldn't be there. Right. But I also have to be strong enough at that moment to make a judgment call as to what's going to be most helpful mm -hmm. for the most people in the group at that time. Mm -hmm. And if there are objectives to meet, then those are the objectives that we're going to be working on. Uh, sometimes it's necessary to change direction. It's true. But uh, sometimes these are attention-seeking individuals, people who have a deep need to be recognized in some way. And they don't care about the group's needs at all. And so if I'm, you know, that's the point behind it. So I'm just saying in getting quantum leap results in an organization, we also have to be aware of that in a company. Uh, recently, I was working with a top-level executive who was having tremendous difficulty with a very aggressive manager that he had that everybody was beginning to hate with a venom and were not, were not keen on, on cooperating with him. Mm -hmm. And were you know a whole bunch of people coming to work and hating the job because of this one individual, and so over a period of time, I had to work with this executive to explain that that individual was not good in his team. He was a really negative influence and needed to be removed. 
tough, tough going. And eventually he did that. And there's been a marked change in his team as a result of doing that. But it was very, very painful for him because it was, uh, this is a, a business in a small community where taking drastic action like that can be very severe on the individual and also has an effect on the larger group. In this case, I think most of them were very, very happy that he did take, the, made the decision, took the action eventually. Mm. But, you know, when we, we, once again, getting back to quantum leap thinking, mm-hmm. when we quantum leap thinking, those are the last things we need to be thinking about. Or the one thing we've got to be sure of is we our, our agenda or our project is not being hijacked by people that are negative or people that cause pain. We have to have everybody around us in a positive frame of mind moving forward and feeling free to express their ideas, but always towards the end objective, which should be elucidated clearly for the whole group and make sure that everybody's on the team. Uh, When Jim Collins wrote uh, the book From Good to Great, he talked about who's on the bus, who's not on the bus. Make sure that those that are on the bus that shouldn't be on the bus are removed from the bus because there's no way that you can have a superior performance from a team if you've got stragglers that are pulling back everybody, not just stragglers, but people that are antagonistic or not on the same wavelength. You need to, you, we actually need to dispense with those people. Now, this sounds terribly harsh, but that's the reality. Quantum leap cannot be achieved by having stragglers who, who pull us down and try to divert us into another agenda, their yeah. own agenda. Yeah. And so everything that we've talked about this morning is related to that need to be able to be in the present moment and to make sure that uh, as a discipline, I I suppose, or as a habit pattern, that we work on doing stuff like that. Goodness, I think I've exhausted the number of golf examples I've used where people uh, sabotage themselves because of negative thinking. And so the same thing happens in business and in our relationships with people. As well, people who pull us down, eventually we have to say to ourselves, these people are not good for me. I need to get away from them. I don't want them in my life. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a tough reminder, but sometimes we have to do that. That's my story for today. That's quite a story. I, I, I want to spend some time in subsequent uh, episodes with you around this uh the earlier theme where you talked about the power of not speaking in native language uh, in that group context and how (laughs) the Mickey Mouse mask uh, uh, (laughs) syndrome took place, how it made the whole group more spontaneous and liberated. And uh, I mean, that, that whole piece there is, again, it's, it's yet for another show. And uh, I'd like to revisit that if we can. Certainly. We can talk also about how we learn to live in the moment um, and maybe I'll share a couple of things that I've been through in my in my life to be able to do that more often. Beautiful. Yeah, I'd like to continue with that as well. The Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. The website is www.qlcat, just like it sounds, qlcat.com. Give us a good review on iTunes, if you will. Keep listening. We're glad you're there on the Quantum Leap Podcast. And Terry, we'll see you next week. I look forward to it. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.